From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth. Uncle Funky Larry Jones will be joining us in just a little bit, but uh, we do have on the line um, someone who would... This is an organization that hasn't been on uh, the show in a while, and I'm so glad that they're back doing incredible work uh, in the city of Houston. We have a great history and relationship uh, with them, so I'm, I'm glad to have Mr. John Huckabee, uh, CEO of AIDS Foundation Houston, and welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you guys are back. Thank you, KG. Good to be with you today. Indeed. So um, you've got you guys have been busy. I am anxious to know, though, like how has operations and everything been the past year with everything, you know, COVID, because, of course, this virus, you know, didn't stop. And so now you've kind of got two things and there's so much um, medical information and do's and don'ts. Um, I'm sure it's just overwhelming for you all and people who are, uh, you know, living with um, the virus. So what, how have things been the last year since COVID hit? Yeah, I, I think somebody who's worked in the field as long as we have dealing with a pandemic that's gone on 40 years now, mm. we are very aware of the impact of COVID on families, on communities. We know people have lost loved ones and our hearts go out to them. And so that's first. And one of the things that we have been committed to is keeping our staff safe, keeping our volunteers safe, as well as our patients and our clients. So we have been operating in what we call modified operations for the last year and continuing to deliver on our mission. We've moved a lot of our services online so that now, for example, someone wants an HIV test, they have the option to either receive their test kit at home or make an appointment to come in when there's fewer people in the office, you know, for an in-person visit. Nice. Nice. Um, in terms of, I, I just have so many questions because, you know, they are pumping out this vaccine um, like wild um, yes. and I feel as if I just haven't had enough information on it, like, you know, in terms of pregnant women, in terms of, you know, people with diabetes and HIV and AIDS. Like, do you know um, where we are with the effects that the vaccine may have on those living with HIV? It's a very good question that we get asked often. Uh, the latest guidance that has come out from the results mm -hmm. of the clinical trials are that persons living with HIV should absolutely receive the COVID vaccine uh, unless, of course, they have a history of allergic reactions to vaccines in general. So there's no reason that a person living with HIV who is able to tolerate vaccines uh, should not receive it. Uh, the, the challenge is with regard to not only persons with HIV, but anyone with a compromised immune system, they may not have as strong an immune response 
uh, to the vaccine. Uh, but with today's treatments with HIV, they are able to keep the immune system well and functioning. So we are encouraging people living with HIV to consider receiving one of the available vaccines. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, um, it, it's been a while since you all have been on, and I've always gotten you know, all of my information in, in terms of uh, the latest in numbers, you know, the drop in numbers, if there's an increase, you know, the, of course, there's always the um, continuation of erasing the stigma that is uh, surrounded by um, HIV and AIDS. So, um, John, can you share with us, like, the latest uh, numbers in, in, in our community here in Houston? Sure. So in the state of Texas, we have about 94,000 persons confirmed living with HIV. This is not in addition to the number of persons who may be living with HIV who don't yet know their status, right? So we know from the CDC modeling that about one in seven persons living with HIV does not know that they are living with HIV. Here in the Houston area, about 30,000 people are living with HIV, and we are seeing about 1,200 new confirmed cases per year. So about every eight hours or so, on average, we have a new confirmed HIV case in the Houston area. Mm. And um, Wow. And so is that... Are, are the numbers going down in terms of new infection rates or like where are we? Yeah, this is the challenge is that, you know, we have medications today that are really effective at preventing HIV acquisition. We have new treatments today that can actually help prevent the transfer of HIV from a person living with HIV to a person who does not have HIV. So we have so many more resources today than we did years ago, and yet we're not really seeing much of a, of a decrease year over year. That is concerning. It's certainly come down uh, from where we were in the 90s, mm. but it seems to have plateaued. Mm. Mm. And what do, you, what do you think that is, John? Are people just still not getting it? Are they just still out here, you know? running the town and just being reckless because I feel like, you know, the education is, is there. The, the information is there. The medication is there. There's even, you know, appeal as to where, you know, that you can take to help continue to prevent you from, uh, contracting, um, HIV. So what's, what's the problem? I think there are a couple of things And you mentioned one of them, which is stigma, right? So when we talk about HIV stigma, we're talking about negative attitudes and beliefs Mm. about people with HIV. We're talking about the prejudice that comes with labeling people as part of a group that is believed to be socially unacceptable. This can come from uh, politicians. It can come from religion. It can come from culture. And so the the net result of all of that is that it creates a sense of fear and shame, and that can prevent people from seeking testing, right, or seeking care. And so this is why we have today 
one in seven people living with HIV who don't know. And that's a real challenge because if, if a person is living with HIV and they don't know, then not only are they at risk of transferring HIV to others, but they're not also not getting the care that could help to keep their immune system intact. So stigma is a big issue. Mm. Hey, John. I, I think the other issue is around PrEP, right? So PrEP is the once a day pill that can prevent is up to 99% effective at preventing acquiring HIV through sex, right? So this is a huge, huge resource for people. And I think it's about awareness. People need to know that this is available. And I think one of the misconceptions is that it's not affordable. And that's why at AIDS Foundation Houston, we make it our, our primary goal to provide PrEP to people at no cost to them. If they have insurance, the insurance will cover it. If they don't have insurance, we work with them to get the assistance through the patient assistance program so that they don't have out-of-pocket costs for PrEP or for the labs that go with it. So um, that's that's a misconception about PrEP. It's too expensive. I can't afford it. Uh, and what we do is we make it so that it is affordable so that people can access it. Say, John, this is Larry, and uh, I suppose all of those questions will be answered April 9th with the AIDS Walk Houston, correct? That's right. And uh, the normally what we do with the AIDS Walk, because this is the largest Houston area fundraiser for HIV and AIDS every year, and it's normally held the first Sunday in March, and we hold it downtown, and it's a big event. Of course, we can't do that this year because of COVID. So we've held it virtually, and we are doing it throughout the month of March up until April 9th when we will do our uh, our culmination event, uh, 6 o'clock on, on Friday, April 9th. Um, to thank everyone for supporting not only the work that we're doing to bring HIV to an end, but also nine other organizations. So this is truly a community event that we raise money not only for us, but for our partner agencies to continue the good work they're doing to bring HIV to an end. Mm -hmm. And um, people can begin, they've already begun to participate, but what's cool about the walk for this year is that there's many different ways that people can um, participate, not just by, you know, walking and running. Could you elaborate more on that? Yeah, so there are several ways. One is to join a team that's already up and running. We have 74 walk teams. They can be a part of a team. They can donate directly to one of our over 350 fundraisers who are raising money. Um, Or they can just simply go to AIDSWalkHouston.org and make a donation to the walk. And um, so those are three ways they can do it. If they have a particular interest in one of our benefiting agencies, of which we have nine, they can go to AIDSWalkHouston.org, click on the beneficiary tab, and donate directly to that organization. So it's very, very easy to do. It's all online and can be done in just a a minute or two. Indeed. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We're talking to... John Huckabee from AIDS Walk Foundation, from AIDS Foundation Houston, the AIDS Walk, the 32nd annual Walk to End HIV uh, virtually is happening on uh, April the 9th. 
and uh, this virtual experience. They're raising funds for AFH and other local HIV and AIDS service organizations. Uh, you can register now at AIDSWalkHouston.org. That's AIDSWalkHouston.org. Uh, John, what is it that you most miss about being outside? <laughs> well, one of the things that gives me energy is being face-to-face with other advocates and allies uh, in the fight against HIV. Uh, I know that Radio One has been such a huge supporter to see you guys come out every year for our AIDS walk and cheer us on and get us started. Uh, That energy and enthusiasm is what raises community awareness that HIV is not over. We have a lot of work to do. But we have resources today, and this is what's so important. It's that those face-to-face encounters with people, when they walk into our building and they know that they're safe, that they're going to have a safe space where they can discuss their health concerns with one of our clinicians. They can receive an HIV test and a screen for other sexually transmitted infections at no cost, and that they have solutions, whether they have an HIV-positive test or an HIV-negative test, There are resources, there are medications, there are solutions, there's a path forward, and it's all done in a safe, supportive, affirming environment. And that's what I miss the most, is those face-to-face encounters with people who are working alongside of us in the fight to end HIV. John, it's Larry again. I I, I just want to get your take or reaction or get the community's feedback on uh, the United States Senate approving Dr. Rachel Levine, the former Pennsylvania Health Secretary, now promoted to uh, the Assistant Secretary of Health. Um, You were speaking to KG a little while ago about perceptions and misperceptions. Uh, How does her uh, appointment change the narrative or make it a little bit more appealing to where people understand that we are just people no matter what? Well, I think that is huge. Uh, It's a huge step uh, forward. I think perception is a lot. And I think that uh, what the current administration has done is shown a real uh, consciousness in including everyone at the table. And I think that that says something. Uh, You know, for example... AIDS Foundation Houston prides ourselves in being a culturally, racially, ethnically diverse community of staff and volunteers. It's very important uh, to our work. We have, we have made great, great strides over the years at every level with making sure that everybody is at the table. And, you know, for Dr. Levine, being someone who is a transgender individual, it's important that the transgender community is at the table, right? Because what we have seen all too often is that, again, because of stigma, people are often marginalized. They are made to feel invisible. And all, of, all that does is perpetuate all of the negative conditions that keep people from seeking care. And so I, I think this does change the narrative, but it also shows that it's not just words. It's a commitment 
that if we're going to end HIV, we're going to do it together and everyone's going to be at the table. Excellent, sir. Just excellent. Yeah, this is so. Uh, this is <laughs> this is going to be a celebration uh, in in many ways mm-hmm. when we uh, think about it. Um, uh, the celebration is going to be hosted by uh, you. Got some surprise local celebrities that will uh, do some performances and appearances. That's now that's one thing that you all always come with. The entertainment <laughs> is always always on point, <laughs> top, top notch. notch. Yep. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, well, uh, we like to have fun while we're also, you know, uh, working very hard on a good cause. So uh, it is going to be a great event on Friday, April 9th. And uh, I think I think where people are going to have a good time. And, and, and it's also a time to feel good about the hard work they've been doing all month long to raise money for our mission and our work. Indeed. And on top of the, you know, the services that, you know, you offer medically, I mean, you guys also do so many other things like, you know, you do, do you all still have the uh, the pantry and, and all of that? We do. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things you asked earlier was why are we not seeing a, a, a decline in cases if we have new medications that we do? And, and I mentioned stigma. But the other thing is that so much of what drives healthcare outcomes is not what happens in the doctor's office, mm-hmm. right? It's it's all the other social factors uh, that drive whether someone seeks care or is in a position to seek care, right? And I'm talking about things like housing security, food security, health insurance, equitable access to a physician. Um, so what AFH does, which, which I've always been so humbled by, is that this organization is about reaching out to those who are marginalized, those who don't have equal access to care. And so we spend a lot of our time and energy, for example, doing education in 100 Texas prisons, right? We want people who are in the Texas prison system to know about HIV and to know about the work we do. And we have a great partnership with the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, who lets us go and train peer educators to pass the message on. And then when people are coming out of incarceration, we provide case management for them. We have housing programs for them. We have food security programs, and we get them linked to care. So that's one of the things I'm very proud about what this organization has been doing for a good 20-plus years now working inside TDCJ. We have the Stone Soup Food Pantry. We have case management. We have substance abuse services, uh, mental health services. We have supportive housing programs for people who are vulnerable. Why? Because a person is not going to be thinking about health care necessarily if they don't have a place to live, if they don't have income, if they don't have food security. So we address what we call those social determinants of health so that people can get in a position where they're ready to seek health care and live their best life. So I'm very proud of, of all the work of our, our staff in, uh, in these programs that they operate, serving those most vulnerable among us. Indeed. And that's why you guys have been around for all of these years, because you get it and you know that it is the trickle down effect. We want to thank you, mm-hmm. John Huckabee, the CEO of H Foundation Houston, the 32nd annual H Foundation Houston Walk um, is is virtual this year. So the virtual event is on April the 9th. 
and you can log on to AidsWalkHouston.org to get all of the information, you know, uh, donate, help out with the fundraising. And um, also that that's where they go to join us for the virtual event on the 9th, right? That's right. Okay, so we, uh, we'll we we'll see you guys on April 9th. John, thank you so much for your yes, time. Yes, sir, thank you so much. And we appreciate you guys as well for getting the word out for us and for your continual support of what we do. So appreciate it. Indeed. And we'll be back with more of the podcast after this. Welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that address our nation and shape our world. From your local Houston BMW Center studios, I'm KG Smooth. <laughs> And I'm joined by Uncle Funk. Hey, how you doing, man? I love it. I am just happy to be here with you, sir. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy too because you know I'm really a fat man in my soul, even though people can't tell, you know, <laughs> the slimness and all of that. But I really, um, I really do love to eat, even though I'm changing my habits. You know, now I'm trying to eat a little cleaner. Well, you eat, um, you eat smart and and you work out and and we've all seen you on social media. The body's ripped. You're looking good. <laughs> You looking good, sir. Thanks, but but I love to eat, and and yeah. and, and this week it, it started on it Friday. Starts again, and and it's going on right now through April 11th. And I'm talking about Black Restaurant Week, man. And on the phone line, he he's back once again. He's the managing partner and marketing director for Black Restaurant Week, Derek Robinson, back on the Public Affairs Podcast. Yes. Derek, I yeah, got man. my hand Thank raised. I got my hand raised, man. I am so excited, but I just told KG, I said, how clever is this? No crumb left behind. Bro, I yeah. was like, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's good, Doc. That yeah, is so brilliant. good. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Six uh, years. It, it's been amazing. Yes, it's been six years, my man. And so we're so blessed to be able to continue to do what we're doing, which is bettering our community. Uh, and essentially, like KG was saying, through food, and you know, and that's essentially what No Crumb Left Behind is uh, means. It's just it's a reflection of what we've seen from the pandemic blend into what our true passion for this project is all about: being ensuring that we are highlighting um, these amazing culinary businesses from across the board nationwide. So that's food trucks, restaurants, private chefs, caterers, um, those cloud kitchen concepts. Um, all those different uh, entities, even our bartenders, we have a, a, a space for them within our platform. And so we're just really, really excited to, to continue to do this work. And again, like you said, it's been six years and we've learned a lot. And so we're just so thankful to continue to, to, to do that. Yes, indeed. So, Derek, when we last left last year, you guys were about to make a trek cross country and going to some different cities. How did that pan out? Yeah, so uh, just like the, the the true word that I think everybody that should be ingrained into everybody's uh, vocabulary is pivot, right? right? And then pivoting, and so that's exactly what we had to do last year. Traditionally, we have a, a series of things that are going on for the foodie experience. We have live events, we have bartending competitions, we have a food truck festival and in in parks, and we have. Uh, panel discussions, and we have a catering competition, best bites competition, and unfortunately, we weren't able to do that. Um, you know, of course, the the virus, uh, coronavirus, is a not, uh, has not done writing. Right, we're still in the midst of it all, and we had to take a step back and really uh, ensure that we were highlighting these restaurants nationwide. And so, with that, we have been able to tour in the years past, but you know, travel restrictions and you know 
restaurants getting uh, shut down for a moment at, at a time due to that that either that that federal or local um, uh, level uh, notification and alerts. So it was very different for us last year. But you know, as soon as they said that restaurants are essential businesses, which they truly are, we definitely went uh, we went to the floor and definitely got uh, and and started to be able to highlight those restaurants that were open. And we had to transition a lot of things and had to tell a lot of restaurants, hey, if you do not do takeout and delivery, it's a time for you to go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's mm-hmm. the only way that you're going to be able to keep your business alive. And some restaurants adhere to that. And then not only to that, we were also striving to tell them, hey, look, I know you have 70 options. I know your grandma's cookies are on there. You know, you got your sweet potato pie. You have all that good stuff. But let's really streamline your operations to get those, those top selling items to keep your doors open. Um, so don't give everyone, you know, let's be a little more smarter uh, when it comes to providing these these great bites for individuals, and um, then even making partnerships with local um, with local eateries. Like for example, uh, Famous Barbecue had did a, a a partnership with the brewery that they're next to, um, in uh, in order to keep their doors open. Like, hey, look, there's a there's a combo. It's like beer and barbecue. Who doesn't love that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that was a, a way that they they collaborated to keep their doors open. Some um, some individuals across the nation they did uh, it was a daiquiri shop in Kansas City. They they talked to their to their uh, their local officials, the mayor, and said, "Hey, let can we is there opportunity that we can have um, uh, cocktails to go?" And they approved that, and that was a way that they had increased their sale for the keep their doors open. Um, others uh, restaurants that have had. Um, culinary products like um, sauce, the spice is good, pet sauce, a spike in their sales, keeping their doors open. So it was it was a great way that a lot of the businesses have been able to pivot and, and just the understanding even the power of social media as well to understanding how important and imperative it is to uh, to promote themselves uh, online. So Derek, in the pivoting, and I'm, I'm and help me because I don't know, um, we had multicultural collaborations going on from different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so yeah, there was there was a lot of that as well too. Um, you know, we were uh, we were thankful to be a part of that as well too for some of our markets. But uh, you know, we we stay so we stay strong within what we're doing, which is highlighting our, our demographic, mm-hmm. our, our mm-hmm. folks, you know, the African American, African Caribbean cuisine. Um, and the folks attached themselves to us throughout the year, and that was a huge blessing as well, too. And you know, it's been it's been really amazing to see how you know these businesses have been able to to really uh, be uh, creative in an operational level. Um, and so this is the same thing that we're having this year. You know, we're still sticking, uh, keeping uh, true to um, uh, takeout and delivery um, as the world is starting to open back up. We're definitely adhering to what they are, what folks are saying. Um, patios are a thing, so you can start seeing folks building patios in a, a lot of the restaurants now in moments of these, like, uh, um, you know, and again, like Houston is, to be honest, Houston is, to your other question as, as well, uh, Larry, is that Houston's now is our third market that we're doing this year. We went to two new campaigns this year, which is uh, the Northwest, so the Pacific Northwest highlighting restaurants in Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, Portland, and even Vancouver, Washington, and wow. Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, uh, Canada and Anchorage. So that was a really great uh, experience for us. That was a brand new market. Um, we we found yeah, out that's that some a restaurants risk because take, you know there's yeah. the, you know there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of snow. <laughs> yes, yeah, you know what I mean. So it, so. Was, so it was crazy because it's like you know during that time 
that we both kind of were experiencing the same things. Like, you know, we had our issues here in Houston when it came to uh, Winter Storm Uri. They had some issues out there as well, too. Um, but it all it all worked out the way it was supposed to. We had an amazing partnership with uh, with Grubhub. Um, we were part of their Donate the Change program. Uh, we were filtering that filtering that throughout the uh, the nation. Um, in no, Derek. When I said snow, our, when I said snow, I meant white folks. Uh, oh, stop it, KG. Oh, <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad, kid. Let me, let me, well, that's what I'm let saying. Let like very interesting. Like to take a, a risk in those kind of markets where we don't, where we what? aren't. KG. The majority that was I, white, that's, people, that's white people amazing. love our food too. I know. I Come see. on yeah, now. Let me, let me reel. Let me let me reel it back. Hold on. Let me reel it back. I can speak to that too. So <laughs> you know, black restaurant we thrived where you know you know there is a lot of snow. <laughs> to right. be very honest, so because so, it's, so, it's you know, great food. It's great food. Right, it's great food. And and it's and it's also educational for them as well too. Exactly. So, you know, I I remember there was a moment when I had an interview last year in the pandemic, and someone had made I had made a comment about Jamaican food, and someone had really mentioned what makes their rice taste different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just was like, huh. And that's exactly what we're trying to do with Black Restaurant. We were trying to, <laughs> like, you know. It's I, the like, spices, it's, man. It's, it's expanding the spices. Your, yeah, it's, it's the spices. You know, mm. we're expanding your palate. Like, that's what the whole purpose of Black Restaurant is. And even within our demographic, we don't know everything about our own people as well, too. And we're just showcasing and highlighting these flavors so folks know yeah. um, um, what it all represents. And so, again, it was amazing. We went to the Northwest. Uh, you know, even Portland had those issues, the social issues they were dealing with. But the uh, the community still came and rallied around and, and supported those restaurants out that way. Um, and then we came on down to the Southwest region, which was highlighting Vegas, um, Phoenix, uh, Albuquerque, and uh, Dallas, and Oklahoma City, and Denver. And that was amazing as well, too. So that was some snow over there as well, too. Not as much, but there was a lot of snow over there. And, you know, other cities like Phoenix were ready for us to, to come and, and highlight those restaurants. And they were like, yes, we've been waiting. And they were on fire, uh, that entire campaign that we just got off of. And so, you know, we're excited to do that here for Houston as well. No doubt. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast, talking to the Managing Partner and Marketing Director for Black Restaurant Week, Derek Robinson. Uh, Black Restaurant Week is happening now through April 11th. No crumb left behind is yeah. the theme for this song. It just... Brilliant. I I love how um, it is very educational. And when we spoke uh, to you last year, I love how you broke down um, just just comparing so people can have uh, some sort of reference as to, you know, um, Nigerian food. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it's this mm-hmm. in Nigeria, but uh, but here over here in America, it's just this. Can you um, mm-hmm. do that once again for, our, for for the new audiences who may be, you know, a little reluctant to try something but if they have a reference like how you did that i thought that was genius absolutely so i always tell all my friends anyone who wants to know a little bit more about other cuisines try and eat what you already know (laughs) right so you can never go wrong with rice uh rice is always would always be a a thing that you can try first um and when it comes to nigerian food it's, it's if you love spice they have it for you even Jamaican rice is amazing as well too. They have really good flavor as well too. Then you can build. Then you can build on upon that as well too. You can go to chicken. You know they have uh, they have amazing dishes on 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 both sides of the of the Caribbean cuisine as well as the African cuisine. Um, there's even uh, an item called suya, which is amazing as well too. Um, that's a taste of Nigeria. So it's 
some really great things that, you know, we, we, have, we are used to, but it's just in different offerings. Um, and again, you know, jollof rice uh, is almost as equivalent to jambalaya. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a few different things that we we we're starting to see and and starting to be, to know a little bit Yo, more there's about. There's a jollof um, rice uh, restaurant like yeah. right here on Richmond, like right here by the station. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I think know. it's called jollof rice king. king. Yep. yep, jollof rice king. Yeah, yeah, yeah Derek. <laughs> Something new here I come. <laughs> yeah, so there's a there's a quite a bit uh, around your station. You have uh, Olive and Twist. You have Urban Social. If you want to have a chill moment, you have jollof rice. Uh, rice uh, King, you have Upper Kirby Bistro that's around the station. So you guys have some really good eater uh, eateries in in your area. Indeed. And even you have a new, like a new coffee spot too. It's called um, Drip Coffee Cafe. So it's Wait, a really yeah, cool spot to have the, some really, Where is Drip? That is, it's on Richmond. It's uh, closer to the Galleria area, and it's okay. like a coffee shop. So yeah, it's really, really, really cool. They have a really great offering wow. of uh, of waffles and stuff. So. Yeah. So, so for the worldwide audience listening, I would suggest you Google Map us. We're at 24 Greenway Plaza, and you can see the consumption. Yeah, everything that's around this 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 broadcast facility because we are we're blessed to be in a in a very unique spot. But but Derek KG and I were talking, and 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 what we love about this entire uh, experience is that mm-hmm. for the family that's listening to us in Phoenix. For the family that's in Seattle and all the places that you've been with this, the premise is, guys, now that we can get out just a little bit or you've been cooped up for however long you have, why not try something new? Try something exactly. different to your appetite. Yes, rice, but it's like rice you've never tasted before. Or it's mm-hmm. chicken, shrimp, beef, whatever, but it's different. And you owe that to yourself right. and this whole experience of you've been meditating, you've been in the house, you've been working out, you got the kids, and you're, you, you're out of ideas. Well, we're suggesting mm-hmm. that you find us with Black Restaurant Week. Dr. KG, do you concur, sir? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, because you don't know what you may end up liking if you don't try If you don't try it. So just, you know, we're, every, yeah, day, every day is a new adventure. It, 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 Absolutely, you, you you hit that right on the nail. So there's about there's a couple of ways that I encourage the listeners to to do that. There is we have a national directory, so that's blackrestaurantweek.com. There is a designated page for Houston for all of our participants um, that you can take a take a field trip on and take that opportunity to patron a new business that you've never done before. You know, the average family eats out quite a bit <laughs> throughout the month, so just take take about. One or at least three of those moments have opportunity to try something new. Make that make that an effort to to bond with family, friends, foes. You know, even overcome a friendship or you know reconnect with a friend. It, whatever you whatever you may have you and, and have opportunity to support these cornerstones of our community, where we have restaurants all the way as far as Porter, um, because we are highlighting the whole entire southeast region. So it's uh, Houston. Uh, Beaumont and Galveston. So we have restaurants as far as Porter, Texas. It's called Chicken Heads. They have some great halal chicken all the way down to Galveston. So if you guys are at the beach for that moment. And then if you are going on to Louisiana, that they say Big Money Texas, be uh, Beaumont. Yes, you know, that's stop and support some of those uh, restaurants um, on your way out of the state or on your way into the state. Um, and we have a really cool experience uh, this year with, with our bingo card. It's a, a scavenger hunt. So 
Um, as you as you are looking on our website, you can scroll past the restaurants and see uh, that bingo experience. Um, it's about it's a game of speed. Uh, there's a chance for individuals to win a uh, $500 based on um, the tile. So you can have a date night, Bites with Bay, at a Jamaican restaurant. Um, you can do cheers um, at um, a local bar, uh, a participating bar. And, and there's just so many. And even if you are taking out uh, uh, for that evening, you can say uh, take out at home. That's one of our other tiles on the bingo card. So and also Sunday, Sunday, have a reel with your friends and kind of show us the reel of how you were able to have a really great time on your field trip. But, um, but yeah, it's a really great way that, that everyone can kind of get involved, you know, and if you are able to even do that, we also have our pop-up food truck experience. No, that's just about to say, the, sound uh, bites. <laughs> yeah, yes, we have two, two, two weekends full of fun at the Power Center. Uh, so doors open at 11, and uh, it's, a free, it's free entry. So from Friday, Saturday, it's open from 11 to 9, and then Sundays it is from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah, the Power Center is at um, um, 12401 South Post Oak. Um, yeah, so that's going to be lit. I'm going to pull up Sunday afternoon <laughs> um, to sound bites. Yeah, because it's going to Absolutely. Yeah. The bingo card, Derek, is is this your this your, your, your baby, this, this mindset? This is absolutely fa- <laughs> Like I said, when KG brought me the flyer, which I thought was a flyer, which actually turned out to be this brilliant piece of marketing, says no crumb left behind, then you flip it, and there's this bingo card with, black all, bingo black card. with all this <laughs> excellent. This is just, this is fabulous. Just fabulous. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. We did, we try to make food, food is fun, and that's what we do at Black mm-hmm. Restaurant Week. It's it, it's something that you know we want everyone to have to have enjoyment. So again, if, if Snow uh, wants to come in and have an experience with us here, they're more than welcome to do so. Absolutely, with our scavenger hunt. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's fun for everyone to get involved. You know, who doesn't want to put food on their on their plat on their grid and even have a chance to win five hundred dollars? So. You know, in the midst of Panini, I think five hundred dollars is good. After we, you know, got yeah, our checks, yes, stimulus sir. checks, I think that's another way to to level up. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So log on to the website Black Restaurant Weeks. That's Weeks with an S. BlackRestaurantWeeks dot com. They got the directory is there, um, and all things Black Restaurant Week. You know, you can you can see the bingo card until you get your physical copy. You know, all the information about sound bites mm-hmm. will be there. And um, and congratulations. I mean, it's real big to have Pepsi dig in uh, to be one of the sponsors uh, to support yeah. Black-owned restaurants. I mean, that's nothing to scoff at. So, congrats um, on that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Indeed. Well, as we get we get vaccinated and 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 folks continue to uh, get better, the country gets better. We get back on the road, Derek, and we can get outside and and do some more of the fun stuff. Yeah, and bring Notch can. back. Yes, yes, because, yes. because I yeah, love no, no. hosting we, we Notch. We're gonna bring it back. Yeah. Oh my! I had <laughs> such sure. a blast doing that. Yeah, yeah we we have plans on doing that next year. So as as again as they say, the things are opening up. So we'll see how that goes on. But we are definitely excited to uh, put that back in the swing of things as well too. Indeed. And and what are you most looking forward to for uh for this week? Man, I don't even know. I can't even t- I, I have so many uh restaurants to go to right now. <laughs> so I have a lot of stops to make. 
Um, but let's see. I am looking forward to, of course, going to 13, uh, James Harden's restaurant. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go to the official opening, but I cannot wait to go there for brunch. What's the name uh, of it? 13. Uh, 13. Thir- 13. Mm-hmm. Mm. So uh, it's over off a of Bagby um, in Midtown. Yep. Derek, you want to yeah, shout out so- to uh, to your staff while we got you for a few seconds? Because I know you got some folk you want to say hello to. Absolutely. I want to shout out to my entire uh, to my entire team, the other co-founders of Black Russian League, Warren Luckett, uh, Fallon Farrell, um, our coordinators, Alicia Hightower, Sandra Warren, uh, Joy, Mona, uh, uh, Kay, who's on our social our marketing time, a uh, team, excuse me, Kay, uh, uh, Madison, Kelly, our publicist, Kelly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then also I'll be remiss if I didn't mention our, our foundation. Um, as well, we launched that last year as well too. So our our team for our our board of uh, over there that's uh, Dr. Ashley Atkins, Jonathan Howard, uh, Courtney Taylor, uh, Lucretia Sanfield, uh, Maria, uh, as and uh, oh my God, I'm listening. I'm forgetting one name right now. Uh, it's gonna come to me. Uh, Julian Boyd. So we're so excited and so thankful. This is the entire True uh, Black Restaurant Week team. Um, and again, as I mentioned before about the foundation, we are uh, announcing uh, restaurants that did our recipients uh, of the uh, grants that we provided them as whoever had damage to their restaurant uh, post uh, winter storm. So if you are were affected by that, still there's opportunity for you to apply. Um, it is a first come first serve um, uh, opportunity, and we again we can't wait to continue to tell you guys more about our foundation uh, throughout the year. Indeed, that's that's what's up. Black Restaurant Week, mm-hmm. no crumb left behind, <laughs> happening now through <laughs> April 11th. Log on to Houston. No, no, excuse me. Log on to Black Restaurant Weeks with an S dot com uh, for all the info. Derek, thank you for your time. And uh, I see you out there. I, I see you at the park. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> all right. Derek, thank, thank you, you so, much. so much. Yes, sir. God bless you, sir. And thank you for your time. Before we leave, I do want to shout out to all the men and women in the military who are listening to us and protecting our country and all of you around the globe who found the Public Affairs Podcast, something that you look forward to every week. KG and I are very humbled, and we appreciate your support and your feedback. I am Uncle Funky Larry Jones for KG Smooth, and we'll talk to you again next week. God bless.